We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike, and we're in the last 20 games of the season, and so we're going to take a look around the Western Conference in particular to kind of get a, a measure of where our confidence is in terms of these teams' playoff viability. As we all know, the playoffs are a very different season than the regular season. And I think it's in, it's interesting to look around the League D and the West in particular to see who we think will do well, who we think is positioned well at the time being to go on a run. I think it's important to sort of look at the top of the conference and and who we think can come out of the conference, right? And then also in relating it back to the Lakers somewhat also too, like what is our confidence in the Lakers? Like we talked yesterday about them sort of being locked in a little bit, at least like on the, on the edge or right into that back part of the play in. And so they have a path to get into the playoffs as well. And Later on in the pod, I think we'll talk about some of the comments that LeBron made post game and some of the questions that Frank Vogel answered at media availability about where the team's head is at as well around some of this stuff, too. But, Mike, I want to kick it to you for a second, because, A, no one is deeper in the weeds in terms of the standings is you. B, you always have. Look, me and Mike were eating dinner pregame for Lakers Warriors there's Mike's complaining because on the TVs inside the media room there's college basketball on oh yeah Mike Mike does the nobody watches multiple games at a time better than Mike Trudeau and so we're sitting there Mike's eating soup it's a, right? it's Big an soup NBA energy. Arena. why why is there college basketball on when there are like six NBA games I I don't understand and my only other complaint about the Warriors uh, situation, which is great for the media, is they have Diet Mountain Dew and no Mountain Dew. Why would you have Diet wow. Mountain Dew on the machine <laughs> if you don't have Mountain Dew? Everything else about that place, really into it. Shout out to Ray Ritter. Yes, top-notch Warriors. <laughs> so, anyways, we're sitting there. Mike's eating soup. And he's got his iPad up. 
and people are walking by the table and they're just like, is that League Pass? And Mike's like, hell yeah, that's League Pass. We're watching NBA games right now. And so no one, Mike, that I know of is more into like, let's just go around the league and let's watch all of these teams. And so I want to kick it to you here. Confidence meter, where are you at with some of these top teams? Let's start with Golden State. They've got some guys out, but they've got some guys coming back. Golden State to me is in a very precarious spot. And it's it's for similar reasons as the Lakers, except that they have their overall mix has obviously been a lot better. But since Draymond's been out, they kind of they held things together for a while in part because they had a really easy soft uh, home schedule. But they're four and six in their last ten, and are really showing the difficulties of playing without not just a, a star, but a guy that's so integral to the way that they play and that helps their other stars. So. They are on, they're officially in, I now need to see it again. Like I need to see Draymond come back and actually have them play at that high level for them to have a chance, which, which sucks for them. Cause they were really looking to me, like uh, they were even with Phoenix at worst. And the tiebreaker to me would have been Steph in a series between those teams where it's close enough where I would have given him the benefit of the doubt. But so they're, they're in, they're in one side. Now, the other thing that's super interesting You've got four teams in the West right now that have won eight of their last 10, and then one team in Utah that's won nine of 10, but that one loss coming to the Lakers. And I think you guys know how I feel about Utah. I feel the same way as I always feel. I'm not, I'm not in, uh, in kind of putting them into the title mix, but they're also right there in the mix with Memphis, with Phoenix, with Dallas, with Denver. Those are all the other teams I mentioned that have won eight of 10. And all of those teams have a chance to win the conference. It's just a, and that does not happen very often. I nope. think a lot of Pete, I want to, I want to kick this to you now because I think a lot of the ways that people talk about the West this year is that it's Phoenix, and especially since Golden State trailed off, and then everybody else. And I see the Suns as a really, really good team, especially in the regular season, especially because of what Chris Paul brings. And we've seen them, by the way, struggle some since he's been out. But I don't see them as this juggernaut. That is the very clear favorite. I shouldn't say the very. Sure, they're the favorite, right, to come out of the West. But I don't see them as having some massive advantage where I would be shocked if they lost a series. And that to me brings. I know we've talked a lot about the Eastern Conference in the NBA this year and how interesting it is, and we'll see who's going to come out. I think the West is more intriguing than than most, and and so that's the way that I'm I'm interested as if the Lakers can get like that LeBron James quote, the twelve feet under. Not that they can make a run, but that they will be they could inject themselves into that mix um, and at least at least uh, be. Well, see, you can see my heart isn't really in it in terms of the, uh, <laughs> mine is. But, yeah, I mean, well, the, so the my heart isn't in it to make the argument that they are that, that if they got the AC right, that they would have a good chance of beating Phoenix. But I I'm holding out this little kernel uh, of competitive hope. That they get there. So that's a lot to throw at you. Let's start with Phoenix, though, and whether or not you whether you agree that you think that there are some vulnerabilities there versus if you think that they're this juggernaut that's going to waltz through the West. Well, I think every team in the league, especially this year, has holes and weaknesses. I do think they are the clear favorite. Um, I think that the Lakers are one of the few teams that like we'd need a lot to go right for the Lakers. And that would include 
you know, injury issues or, you know, some them to, to lose a guy uh, in, in a playoff series. But Phoenix's primary weakness is they're weak to athletic size. Your Giannis, your Anthony Davises, those types of guys, they have a really difficult time guarding those types of guys. So when I look at the playoff picture, this is part of my last bit of optimism and hope for the Lakers is – the record resets, and then it's all about matchups. That's why playoff basketball is so different, is that how does this team match up with that team? And Phoenix has historically had an Anthony Davis problem, a Giannis problem. Now, everybody has problems against those guys, but it's something that they have a bigger weakness toward, which also describes Golden State. And so that's when I look around the West, I don't see many teams with athletic size that can really exploit Phoenix. Like, I think that's how you beat Phoenix in a seven game series. And in the absence of that D, I think it would be very difficult to beat them. So I view them as a clear favorite, although we have a team down the line that we'll, we'll get to that I actually think is pretty close to them. And it's not Golden State uh, in terms of coming out of the West that we'll get to in a bit. But it, from that perspective, D, I view Phoenix as the clear favorite because I don't think there are enough teams out West that have the thing that they're weak against. Yeah. And I think that when you frame it within terms of like weak, it's like it's the weakest part, but they're not weak. No, no, it's relative, right? Yes. It's like championship. You have to raise, yeah, you have to be so good to win a championship that, and and so, so yeah, they're, they're fine against athletic size, but if you're trying to win a high-level playoff series, that's somewhere they could be beaten. Part of it, too, is like, there. if you play, if you play your best game, you're not going to lose. Like, that's how I felt about the, the Lakers title year team. Like, if they played their best game, there isn't a team that's going to beat them when they play their best game. Now, but some teams are better than others at playing their A game repeatedly, Darius, or at least enough to get through a series. Yeah, and the thing I would say about Phoenix is they're a, they're a high floor, high ceiling team, so they're both. We often talk about, oh, like, are, are you good on one side of the ball or both sides of the ball? And we sort of project that out to, like, how good of a team you actually are. When I look at floor versus ceiling, the Lakers have an incredibly low floor. They've been living on the floor. They've been sleeping on the floor pretty much this entire season. Their ceiling is still one of those things where it's just like, well, if you get LeBron James and Anthony Davis back healthy, their ceiling suddenly looks high again. And I think that's the thing that you're talking about, Pete, in terms of like, oh, well, if the matchups go a certain way, and it's sort of like what Frank Vogel was saying the other day, and we'll get to that again in a little bit. So... And getting back to my confidence in the Suns, I would say I'm most confident in them to play to the level in which they're expected to play to night after night after night because they are so well-rounded and their players fit together so well and the role, the asks are exactly where they should be for each of their players. And that is a great formula to have when you have such a high ceiling as they do, right? Because you're not asking anyone to sort of play outside of their role or, well, it would be great if Mikel Bridges could get 35 points to that. Like, no, that's not the ask, right? The ask is go out there and play defense, hit hit open jumpers and attack closeouts. That's your job. Phoenix, I feel like, is best positioned out of all the teams in the West because of health stuff with Golden State especially, to sort of be like, you've got to come to us, you've got to beat us, and you're going to have to do it on our home court. And that's that's a powerful thing, and that's why if we're talking about a confidence 
scale, they're probably at the top for me in terms of where I'm at with with the West. Let's go to break here, though. And on the other side, let's talk about more of the Western Conference sort of contender tier. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So, Mike, you already hit onto the Warriors some. Pete, the team that's hard charging here, they're one of the most entertaining teams to watch around the league. They're young. They're athletic. They talk trash. They give no Fs. They're like your favorite teacher in school. No Fs given. The Memphis Grizzlies. We run up the chimney. We want all the smoke. Hey, man. They are a team full of life, full of energy, full of confidence. They're also a young team. And the playoffs, just like you said, are sort of a different environment. That said, a lot of the stuff that we just described translates very well to the playoffs. Talk to me some about the Grizzlies and are they your secret team? That is they the are go- not my. OK, they're so- not they're not my secret team, but they are the team that I will be rooting for if the Lakers get knocked out. So I John Moran is my favorite non Laker in the NBA. I think he is just breathtaking. And did you see the shot he hit the other night off the Stephen inbound Stephen Adams inbound pass? Yes. Unbelievable. If you haven't seen it, 0.4 seconds left. Full court pass. Look it up. You will not regret it. They are. I think the classic example of a team that plays hard pretty much every single night and they're well coached and they execute really like Taylor Jenkins as a coach. And so the combination of those two things are going to win you a lot of regular season games. 
the question that they face is as that young team, you transition into the playoffs and now everybody is playing that max level that you're capable of getting to because you're full of 23 and 24 year olds that can run all season long and all game long. All of a sudden, everybody else is raised to that level. And so it reminds me somewhat of the Knicks season last year, right? I think that's one of the things that Tom Thibodeau is really good at is really maximizing the effort level, especially in year one. And you win a lot of regular season games, but by the time you get to the playoffs, they end up losing to, to Atlanta. Now, I think Memphis is a much better team than that New York Knicks team is, and I think they have a brighter future. But Mike, you always make the point about small guards and teams that are being led by small guards having a degree of vulnerability. They also have a lot of those big two-way wings that you like. So it's kind of a, a clash of two of your philosophies. So I will be rooting for Memphis, and I think they win a playoff series, but I, I don't see them as having title contention just because they're not quite there yet. Where do you see it? Yeah, it's it's really you cannot watch that Grizzlies team as a neutral and not be into them, not be into the way that they play and into the spirit. And they're at this perfect stage where they have all of the belief in the world and they don't yet have that tough loss that's taken away a little bit of a chunk of the belief, which is somewhat something that I've referred to when you see some of the Laker vets right, that have kind of been down this road before. They see a key guy get injured, and it just it just hits away a little bit at that overall picture. So that kind of positive naivete, I think, goes a long way. And the whole up the, going up the chimney to get more smoke thing, I do think that ends up – like, eventually, that I do think they will lose this year. But then that becomes the fuel, right, for them. Mm-hmm. And, and they're also greatly positioned. They have – first of all, they have the Lakers pick – um, if it doesn't go into the top 10, right? They have a bunch of other picks. They have cap space. They've got all kinds of good things going on there. So that I, I do think that this is going to be a team clearly that's going to have to be reckoned with uh, in the future. But for this season, they that's the whole. Let, let me focus on the small guard thing for a second with Ja. So Ja is a bit of an exception to the smart the small oh. guard rule um, in the way that Derrick Rose is. Like when you have that that level of top five guys in the league athleticism on the offensive Mm. side that can overcome, right? Some of that, some of that size thing, because the whole, the whole thing about where even Ja would be different from Chris Paul in this instance is that you, you can't necessarily, and you hear, you hear what happens when uh, Riggs tries to come up and see his friends. If you hear that in the background, (laughs) my poor wife had to take it back downstairs. She's playing defense right now. Oh man. Yeah, exactly. Playing defense. Um, And and she's ISOed hard. We actually, I think she may even have to get a help defender and one of the neighbors uh, to to keep him away from you guys. Some strong side zone on on Riggs. Yeah. So, so this whole, this is the thing about Ja. You can't just stick like a big wing on him and neutralize him to because he's he's that explosive and fast to mm. get either around the tra- the the help or to split the trap which he's great at with how, how wiry he is and how kind of sinewy he is and getting through stuff so i i do see that a little bit now the part where where i still would take a big wing over him is that a big wing though like jaw's not going to impact the game that much defensively so and that's where whereas that's where chris paul might have a little bit of an edge on him uh, but whereas Ja, I think increasingly can get to a point like that. So he he's he's got a chance to break part of that smaller guard uh, theory. And especially Pete, because they did do such a great job of putting nothing but size and athleticism around him. So I'm a, I too think that Memphis wins at least one 
playoff series. But here's the here's the thing that's a little bit rough for them if they can't get to the two, which I think they will. Then like it's Denver and Dallas at the five and the six. That is a tougher ask than most years. You've got two. You've got two of the best. Whatever five seven five to seven players mm-hmm. in the league. Uh, in those are two bad dudes right there. Jokic, Luka and Luka. And Jokic, yeah. Jokic to me has been the MVP. Um, I, I'll take him over Embiid this year, and so that's a tough. That is a tough thing for because those are the types of guys that can can crush a little bit of spirit, you know, from a, a young team like that. Like Jokic can go game one in Memphis with a crowd frothing, going nuts. Jokic doesn't care about that, you know. He's still like he's still going to get his thirty, fifteen, and eight, and so. Super intriguing, but that's um. I don't think they can win. I don't think they will win the West. I think that they could if things break right, but I think it'll end up just, just kind of furthering their eventual rise. So, Pete, you mentioned the Knicks. I actually liken the Grizzlies to who the Knicks lost to in the first round, which is the Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm, I can totally see that. Big right? wings, yep. Big wings, dynamic point guard, confidence, really just that that sense of belief in in themselves. Now the Hawks needed certain matchups to go their way and then they advanced all of the way to the conference finals. The Grizzlies can make a mir- I don't even want to call it a miracle. They could make a run like that. It's like the Frogger path like oh a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, like forward 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 like oh wow. We're in the conference finals. And it could easily go that way for them if they catch a couple of breaks. My confidence in Memphis is directly tied to how some of their young players respond to the heightened game plan of the playoffs. And I don't know what that answer is going to be. I'm very interested in how that plays out because as teams scheme you harder and harder and harder, and you are now the only part of the game plan for two, three, four guys on on the other team. That's what this guy likes. Take it away, take it away, take it away. Make him do thing four, right? Not thing two or thing three. Get him to thing four and see how much he can thrive. That's what the playoffs is about. They have not been tested in that way yet. That's not to say they can't pass those tests, but I'm interested in seeing it. Where I think they fall short is that second player. Like Jaron Jackson Jr. has been much better than people realize this year. He's been great yeah, defensively. Yeah. Like there's some AD light type stuff where he can switch on to guards. He's protecting the rim. He's swatting shots everywhere. He's his effort is great. But then that number two on offense, because in a playoff series, that teams like like Frank Vogel, for example, will have a great scheme for a series, right? And for so, even for somebody like Ja. And then if that pitch, it's not that you can take it away, Pete. But you can at least make that difficult enough where that somebody else really has to be effective. And that's where I don't know that Memphis has that. They don't have that next. You know, Dylan Brooks has been hurt all year and he's not that type of efficient scorer. It's not going to be De'Anthony Melton. You know, it's not going to be Tyus Jones off the bench. It's Dylan Brooks is a great 3 and D player. He, to me, is not going to be that guy. So that's that's where they end up falling short, I think. So gun to your head. If we've got Phoenix at the top in terms of confidence, is Memphis above Golden State for you guys in terms of potential playoff viability? Assuming Draymond is fine. No, not if, not, no. Not if Draymond's fine. How about you, Pete? Okay. I'll take Golden State if Draymond's fine. So I, I, I'd take Golden State as well, but I don't think the gap 
is huge. That said, I think Ja is going to have to hit jumpers. I, one of the things I noticed from the Laker games is that Dwight defends Ja very well in that he can show a little bit higher in his drop coverages. And there, Ja, since he's so athletic, takes off a little farther away from the basket than most guards do when they elevate for their layups. And Dwight was able to kind of meet him out there. So those big, strong, you know, uh, fives that can, that are, you know, so a guy like Aiton, for example, I think is somebody that can be efficient enough defensively to limit Ja enough defensively to where the fact that they don't have that number two guy, Mike, is that's the point where a good team can beat them. Oh, just tiny thing. His, his perimeter jump shot has fallen off. So remember how he hit every three against the Lakers, yeah. uh, which was the reason why they <laughs> uh-huh. beat them the first two games. Shocking. It just, it, it's, Shocking. man, it's all it, like the Clippers have hit every three down the stretch mm-hmm. against the Lakers to win three games by combined eight points. But yeah, he is, he is, uh, he's really tailed off from there. And let's see, February, he was 30%, January, 28%. So, you know, there, there's a way to play that. Those are the, those are the basketball gods kicking our ass. All right, let's take a break, come back, and start to get to the middle part of the West, which, as Mike said, is a lot tougher than you think. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So my dark horse team is the Dallas Mavericks. In the last couple of playoffs, they played the Clippers in both times. I think both were seven-game series. Am I, am I remembering that right? So both were these great seven-game series. Luka goes nuts against them, but Dallas can't get a stop, and they can't do anything when Luka's on the bench. I think both of those issues haven't gone away, but they've addressed them. Like they've got more playmaking, more guys who can create a shot in in trading Porzingis. They and Dinwiddie was one of the guys who came back. And Dinwiddie is like their third best shot creator between Luca Brunson and Dinwiddie. But I think that those moments where Luca is on the bench, they aren't going to lose by ten that they did oftentimes against the Clippers, and they're going to be able to get stops on the defensive end to a higher degree than they have been in previous seasons. And so that's where I'm at, guys, with uh, with Dallas. I always said, may the Chris Stapps Porzingis era be long in Dallas because I thought that he was really the main thing holding them back. And I think that they've addressed that some. So I, there are a couple of teams that would give them big time problems and they don't have a ton of rim protection, right? So that's something that's going to be, that they very much will have to address. But I'm curious your guys' thoughts on my Dark Horse Dallas thoughts. I'm interested to see if they have enough viable size defensively in, in yeah, order to play lose. against a team like Denver 
or, you know, a healthy Lakers team, which seemingly is non-existent, um, or even like the Suns, right? Or even if, and when I say size, I mean viable size, even defensively to throw at a team like the Warriors, who could spread them out, but then will still be able to play, um, will still be able to attack the paint offensively in ways because they've spread you out the way that they have, right? Like we saw a Lakers team that wasn't even necessarily that good. They didn't have Anthony Davis. They played the Mavs really tough. And it was like, oh, yeah. LeBron saw Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleba down, down, well, down there. And it was sort of just like, yeah, well, we can get to the basket and score against this team. And Luca, it was Luca's greatness at the end that fended off the Lakers, right? And Luca, he is the team's floor and he is the team ceiling. He could have a string of 40-point playoff games and win you an entire series, right? I would have them, I see your point about them being a dark horse. My confidence in them is probably like, right around where it is for Memphis because I don't know if they have enough in the front court, right? Like if you're looking at who the best players in the conference are as individual players, Luca's right there near, near the top. And it's like Jokic and then Luca's up there. And then you've got LeBron up there and you've got AD up there and right. But those are the individual sorts of talents that can win you a playoff series, but to win a championship, or to win an entire conference, you need more than just that single guy, right? This isn't 2001 Allen Iverson Eastern Conference. Like, Mm -hmm. the conference Mm -hmm. is too good for that. And so that's where I'm running into more skepticism in terms of my confidence around Dallas. But kudos to Jason Kidd. He's getting this group to defend. They're defending well. They seem to have good game plans night to night. And they've got Luka Doncic. And so how can you really count them out? Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think you can count them out. For Jason Kidd, you go from 21st in defense last year to 5th this year with mostly the same personnel. And that's a credit to him. It's a credit to Frank Vogel, in a way, uh, whom he says he took a lot of – he learned a lot about building schemes and about building defense and coaching for defense. And I do think that Luke is that great tiebreaker. But I, I too, think they're about a player away from you know from that real run and it's you know Dinwiddie helps them in some ways they can play small with Brunson and Dinwiddie out there at the same time which is difficult to handle but then they're if they're going to play Dinwiddie bigger minutes like that they're not going to be as good defensively um, if like with Brunson and Luca and and I think that's ultimately where it's going to go to because it's going to be too hard to keep Dinwiddie off the floor for some of his creation in that sense but that's where I think they fall a little bit short and if I had to pick between them and Denver, I would probably go Denver um, based partly on the upside oh. with maybe with Murray coming back. And and even if he's not himself, which he won't be, that's instead of playing, you know, Faku Campazzo and Austin Rivers and Bones Highland, which have been their guards. And, you know, they quietly have, won, again, have won eight of 10, are 10 games over 500. Jokic is like a plus 20 net ratings monster or something like that, a net rating monster. So... I and then I would put Utah just because I've seen them fail so many times in the playoff context below those two teams, actually, uh, in terms of the the hierarchy in the West. And, and I don't know how many I think 
are, do you guys agree or would you would you have Utah's continuity and all that uh, slightly above them? No, I, I don't believe in Utah. Likewise. I don't believe in Utah. Sorry. Same team they've fundamentally always been. Yeah, yeah like and, I think, and to- I think Conley's worse. Right. Like, yeah, I, I honestly think the time for Utah to make a run when was when Conley was better. And now Mitchell has to do just a little bit more and they don't have the wing defense. Right. They've got one. They've got one guy. They've got Royce O'Neal. Right. And they don't have anything else beyond that. So. Denver's interesting. Murray and Porter potentially coming back and playing well. And Jokic has a case for the being the best player in the league, right? Right there, like, uh, in terms of, like, okay, Giannis, Jokic, Embiid, LeBron, right? Like, any of these guys on any given night look like the best player. Um, so I know we've got – Mike's got a little treat for us at the end, but this is the Laker Film Room podcast. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about – our Lakers, at least for a little bit, in terms of the confidence. Mike, you were in the room the other day. The Lakers had just lost another tough loss. And LeBron James was getting up to leave his postgame availability. And then he got asked another question and he said, I will stay for you. And he answered a question about like, how do you implement some of the stuff that you're talking about and get to the point and, and where basically in a roundabout way, where's your confidence around this team? And LeBron had a very interesting answer and he sort of showed a certain amount of defiance that I'm not sure he's had in the last two to three weeks around the Lakers chances, right? Like it was a far leap from the, after the Bucks game, for example, where he was just sort of like, we're nowhere near that team. Right. And and now he was sort of just like, well, you're going to have to bury me. Put me 12 feet under, not six feet under, 12 feet, Pete. So where are you guys at in terms of the Lakers and their postseason viability, considering that AD is not going to be gone forever? LeBron still seems like he's got that fight in him to try to do something. And you can never, in theory, count out a LeBron and Anthony Davis team, but that only takes you so far. Where are you guys at? So in terms of confidence, very low, right? Like the confidence is the, will you end up doing it? Are they capable? You just made the case for it. Hell yeah, they're capable. And when the playoffs start, your record is zero, zero. Now the Lakers are probably going to have to win two games just to get into the playoffs. And I think that there is a good chance, right? Let's say we played in new Orleans. Talk about basketball gods. Could you imagine how good it would feel for the New Orleans Pelicans to knock us out of the play-in game? And, right? With Anthony and Davis. potentially securing a top 10 pick for themselves. Right. Yeah, the they'd process. get our pick if uh, as Depending well, right? So that would be the, time, yeah. in a season of the basketball gods sentencing us for our respective crimes, as they do for every team, right? Uh, we don't know how long that sentence is going to be, D. So in terms of confidence, I'd be a fool to be like, oh, yeah, it's going to be fine. That said... I don't want to face LeBron and AD in a playoff series where the record is 0-0. And those two have only played, they played three consecutive games together once this season. And so that's part of the reason why, like, I know this team stinks right now. But if we can establish a certain, like, style of play and we should be able to stay in the play-in territory, like, if we can get what we are in these last 20 games, which I think is 
it's accomplishable to a certain extent, right? Like we needed all to do this all season long to get to the, oh yeah, we can win a championship version of this team. That ship has sailed in terms of getting to the best version of ourselves. We still got 20 games to get the best version of ourselves in the last 20 games. And if you can, so my thought is if you can establish a style of play, Mike, and you can get healthy, it, I, I'm in like a puncher's chance yeah. type of uh, point yeah. of view. And just so to to give a bit more of the LeBron quote, right? This is kind of what I tweeted. So I'm live, you know, paraphrasing is until you bury me 12 foot under, I got a chance. That's my confidence. As long as we got more games to play, we still have a chance. I hate losing. I feel like poop right now, but tomorrow's a new day and I'm going to be prepared for the Clippers on Tuesday. But to me, it's less about, it's more about the, okay. Part of what this malaise I think has been lately has been the understanding of the standings to the point where, all right, they're not going to make a run now, you know, to get to the seven. And okay, even the eight after those Clipper losses, which they competed pretty tough for, is very difficult, barring some, you know, absolute catastrophe with the Clippers. So it's kind of like, all right, well, and then these other teams are behind us to a certain extent. There have been mental reasons for them to kind of float through a little bit. Uh, and and I'm not saying that that's, that's a good thing or that's what they're their actual intention is more of just a subconscious. But if you get into that environment and it's a plan, that's where the LeBron James who's healthy and has a day off to rest and maybe even has, you know, three, four days to rest before the first one happens. That's a different thing. And if like, if you know at that point, you don't have to win the last couple of games to either get ahead of or stay ahead of the Spurs or you can't get ahead of New Orleans and you can have just LeBron, you know, Take AD out of it for a second. LeBron with his foot on the pedal for a full game, that's still a scary sight. And the issue, though, mm-hmm. with the 9-10 is that then he's going to have to turn around and do it again in a day from that. And, and so that's where, to me, that kind of that confidence meter would have, t- would have, to me, been a lot different in the 7-8, even from the 9-10. And that's the point where you need – it's not just LeBron that you can expect to have those – insane back-to-back completely carry the team for a whole game performance but you're going to need a bunch of other guys in the roster and and that's i think that's the unfortunate nature guys of some of those things we talked about like the clippers not missing a shot late like jaws early season threes all of the different tough losses the golden at golden state uh, like there have been so many so many this year to put them in this spot and that's unfortunate so we'll see how all that turns out but guys in the meantime just a brief light-hearted game for you it's it's somewhat of a game but it's somewhat of a let's just see what you guys think about this okay so it's 2032 there's a very exclusive party weekend on a pacific island for lakers dignitaries you have both made the guest list congratulations here's the thing you have my attention okay culmination of the weekend there's a tropical storm develops fast you know it's not going to hurt anybody but it's it's going to be a thing like you're going to be stuck on these islands for a while and there's only a couple of islands you guys happen to have jet skis, okay? And when you are leaving, when you are leaving the party, dudes are scrambling to find rides, and there aren't enough. And here are the eight people that you see um, in the in the shallow water, and you've only got two spots. You've only, actually you can fit everybody, but you have to you have to kind of you have to split who the guys are. Here are the guys: Austin Reeves, Alex Caruso, Danny Green. Kyle Kuzma, Russell Westbrook, DeAndre Jordan, Frank Vogel, and Rajon Rondo. So you guys have to decide this. 
You have to decide. However you want, but but only but some guys are getting on Darius's jet ski, some are getting on a Pete's. And uh, Darius, you you can either make the first selection or you can just debate with Pete who's getting on whose jet ski. So we have two spots each. So I can't assign people to Pete's. <laughs> you if you can argue if you can I'm get throwing them to them agree, off my jet ski. They gotta that, be able yeah. to stay on my jet ski, so that's if not gonna you, work. Yeah, that's no, on I'm, you. It's uh, you tell me how you're gonna figure it out. I'm just telling okay. you the scenario. Okay, now so, you guys figure Pete, it out. We know Caruso is gonna get a first spot, and he's gonna get one the spots so how about this we will reserve spots for alex caruso and we will reserve spots for kyle kuzma they are lakers champions and contributed to a championship ring we are guaranteeing spots for caruso and kuz can we agree on that much uh, yes okay yes we are also going to guarantee a spot for Frank Vogel. Whether or not Frank Vogel is still associated with the Lakers in 2032, that remains to be seen. But he led the Lakers in one of their most difficult seasons of all time through a pandemic, through the loss of Kobe Bryant, and led them to a championship. Frank Vogel will get a spot as well. Can we agree? Sure. Great. So I will take Frank Vogel. It, it, it sounds yeah, like he's on Darius. Darius so I will take yeah. Frank Vogel, and you can choose between Caruso and Kuz. Take whoever you want, or take them both. Oh, I'll take them both. If I get shoot, if I got two spots, I get I great. got top two picks. Yeah, great. I will also take Danny Green because I know Pete would not take Danny Green, and I respect Danny Green. I respect him. I think that he is a high quality NBA I, I veteran Danny player, Green and. And Danny Green was wonderful for for the Lakers. I know Pete would probably try to like swerve and knock Danny Green off of his jet ski. And so so I will take Dan Danny Green and I will ride slowly for Danny Green, especially since and Mike. So these are jet skis and not wave runners. Right. Because I remember you were making the distinction the last Okay. Oh, no, these are wave runners. Got yeah, you. these are wave runners. Yeah, yeah. so there's room behind you. And, and keep in mind, I should have stipulated, like you're going to have about a week and a half to to just hang Great. with these people Great. on your respective so, islands. And so in that sense, I, I, maybe it would be, be good for you, know, for you guys yeah, to sit well, down great, with a couple of these individuals. Danny Green and talk has a podcast. And so we could do home and home podcast appearances, right? And so he could come on the Laker Film Room podcast. We could go oh. on his Green Room podcast and we could do all of that. Oh, so, so we've got like a week, week and a half to ask these people as many questions as we'd like. All right. Vogel's right. my first yeah. pick. Right, you've been listening to the Laker Film Room podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. <laughs> what happened? Rondo and DeAndre and Russ didn't even get it in the mix. All right, fine. It's your game. It's your game. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front. Broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic. Got it. Magic fires. It's good. They win. Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. Van Exel to win it. It's on the way. Kobe Bryant. 16 rebounds, with his eighth block shot that ties an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed, a Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston, of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe, hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Ryan spinning in the lane, back for Gasol, pretty pass, and it's back to a three-point game.
Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two, one, miss it. It's over. Shot clock out of five. Bryant. Yeah. And that was a little tough to Albert Gentry. Bad insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.